This episode of Pete's Paranormal Chronicles was recorded on November 18, 1996. Something strange happened to me last week. Or something strange was sent to me uh, in the mail. It's a postcard addressed to me. And the return of address is this house on Prince Edward Island. Printed on the postcard is a picture of a blue triangle, and inside the triangle are the letters TTV. I sent my partner Ray over there to check the place out, and he said the man who lives there is a school teacher named Jeff Rhodes. And this fellow has no knowledge of me or my work. He claims it was not him who sent the postcard. But the weird thing is, after doing some digging, I found out this guy's grandfather was a Freemason. Did a Freemason send this to me? What does it mean? Maybe it was sent by a Freemason to another Freemason, but they got the wrong address. Like, maybe the guy who lived in my apartment was a Freemason. Uh, but there are no names on the envelope, just addresses. But, you know, maybe it's nothing. Maybe, maybe it's just some crackpot messing with my head. But I believe that... Uh, I don't know what I believe. Who knows? Anyone? TTG? Does that mean anything to anyone out there? Who knows? Today, we have a big show. So I better get down to it. Today's show is all about Oak Island. And the story begins on a hot summer day in 1795. One summer day in 1795, a teenager was wandering around Oak Island, Nova Scotia when he came across a circular depression in the ground. Standing over this depression was a tree whose branches had been cut in an odd way. Having heard tales of pirates in the area, he decided to return home, get some friends, and return later to investigate the hole. Over the next several days, he and his friends worked on the hole. They found something astonishing. Two feet below the surface, they came across a layer of flagstones covering the pit. At 10 feet down, they ran to a layer of oak logs. Then again, 20 and 30 feet, they found the same thing, a layer of logs. Not being able to continue alone from here, they went home. But they came back. They continued down to 90 feet, where one of the most puzzling clues was found, a stone inscribed with mysterious writing. This stone led many to believe that treasure, treasure was buried here by the Knights Templar. After pulling up the layer of oak at 90 feet, water began to seep into the pit. And by the next day, the pit was filled with water. Pumping didn't work. So the next year, a new pit was dug parallel to the original, about 100 feet down. There was a tunnel that ran over to the money pit, and the water flooded again. And the search was abandoned for a long time. As it turns out, an ingenious booby trap had been sprung. And 
1849, the next company, the Truro Company, began their dig. They got down to 86 feet, only to be flooded again. So the Truro Company switched from digging to drilling core samples. To this day, no treasure has been found, but year after year, people continue to dig. I believe in the treasure of Oak Island. I also believe in the curse of Oak Island, especially now that I've seen what I've seen. Now, since I nearly became the next victim. Ray and I set out for the island around noon last Tuesday, and Ray's the skeptic here for once. He doesn't believe there's anything buried on Oak Island. If there was a treasure, he, he said, wouldn't someone have found it by now? And he has a point. Men have been searching for this treasure, risking their lives, giving up their lives for centuries now. The legend of the curse is that seven men must die on the island before the curse can be lifted. And of course, once the seventh man dies, the treasure will reveal itself. So far, the island has killed six treasure hunters. So here we are, the infamous money pit, where the treasure chamber is believed to be located 140 feet below. The pit had flooded again. A guy named Dave and his crew were in the process of draining the pit with a pump, and they would continue probing down further with their grand machines, hoping to literally strike gold. In all honesty, it was very boring. So we moved on to, on to a, a man-made swamp. The swamp is another area of the island where people believe the treasure may be buried. I waddled around with a metal detector, hoping for a sign of something strange. We spent all afternoon digging around the swamp, but there was nothing out of the ordinary. Ray found an old Spanish coin dating back to 1652, but it seemed worthless, so I tossed it back into the water. In the evening, we approached a bed and breakfast to eat and rest. An old man answered the door. Now this guy was quite a character, and he went by the name of Alfred Smith. We ate, read, compared notes, had a few drinks. It was a quiet night full of stars and relaxing breezes. I sat on the porch, and I kept my eyes and ears peeled for anything bizarre. Until around 11 o'clock. I could barely stay awake at this point, so I went back inside and upstairs to our room. I said goodnight to Ray who was already sound asleep, and I passed out. Only to be woken up an hour later by a muffled scream. Ray was screaming. Old man Alfred is standing there in the doorway holding a shotgun pointed at me. Ray is standing in the corner with a gag in his mouth and a bloody gash on his forehead. I put my hands up slowly as instructed. Alfred told me to Alfred was dressed as a pirate, as he had been all night. I failed to mention that before, but yeah, he was basically a pirate. Grab that shovel in the corner. You gonna do some digging, boy? I took the shovel and Alfred rushed me out the door. He jabbed me in the spine with the shotgun's barrel, and we walked through the dark woods for nearly a mile until he pointed to a big flat stone on the ground marked with an X. Move that stone and dig underneath. Then you shall find the treasure ye seek. He laughed maniacally. With great effort, I rolled the stone over, revealing soft soil underneath. And at gunpoint, I dug and dug until eventually 
After about ten feet, I struck something big, something wooden. Alfred cheered and danced madly in the moonlight. He took a swig of rum before helping me lift the huge treasure chest out from the hole. Break the lock, he commanded. So I took the shovel and smashed the rock in the lock. My heart pounded as I opened the chest. And the chest was indeed full of something valuable, but it wasn't gold, silver, or diamonds. It was just more Spanish coins, about five pounds of cheap Spanish copper. I sighed and said, it's nothing, it's practically worthless. But I received no answer and soon came upon the realization that I was alone. Alfred was gone. I left the treasure chest sitting there. I tossed the shovel into some bushes and headed back in the direction I came. The next morning, Ray and I packed up and we were well on our way to get as far away from Oak Island as we could. But then, just before I started the engine, a jeep pulled up in the driveway and a young brunette lady got out and she waved to us. I waved back and rolled down my window. Hey, are you Pete? Yeah, we were just leaving, I said. Oh no, she said. I thought you were staying with us today. No, we stayed last night, I answered. Alfred checked us in. Alfred? She was dumbfounded. We were confused. Alfred was my father. He died 12 years ago. Our mouths dropped open, and we were still for a moment. We spent another hour trying to make sense of what happened. I told her everything, but I don't think she believed me. And I didn't believe her. I couldn't believe that I was standing there, talking to the daughter of a pirate. This show was produced by myself and Ray Brownstein. Our next show, just to warn you, is truly horrific, very disturbing. Please do not let your kids listen under any circumstances. We'll be back next week. Oh, and Jen, Jen, please call me back. It's really important. Good night, everyone.